Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show on AM 1000 in Orange and San Diego counties and on AM 930 in Los Angeles County. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you through the good offices of Relevant Radio from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral. Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today are a number of guests who are going to be talking about the very difficult topic of divorce ministry. And before we get started, one of our guests today is Monsignor Stephen Baktorsik. And did I say the name close to being correct? Dr. Isaac, yes, thank you. All right, Monsignor, would you do us the honor of please leading us in a brief word of prayer? Sure. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather uh, and to speak and to learn, to learn that there are always solutions uh, to difficult problems and challenges in our lives. We ask you to be with us during this time and to send your Holy Spirit upon us, help us to respond well to the, the good questions that are sure to be asked of us. And may the listener also be inspired, be, be informed, and learn much and be encouraged uh, by what we say today. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father and the, the Son of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Now, Monsignor, again, thank you for leading us in prayer. And the reason we brought you on board today is because uh, you are not only the vicar general for the diocese, you're also what's called the moderator of the curia, and mm-hmm. you do canon law. Yeah, so I do a lot of canon law. Up until 13 months ago, I was a judicial vicar, so dealing a lot with the petitions for nullity of marriage. So I'm seen by some as, quote-unquote, a you an expert or at least knowledgeable in the field. Well, and we, we, we trust that, that you are knowledgeable yes. on, on all things that have to do with annulments. Annulments, of course, have to do with people who've been divorced, and it's sometimes mistakenly called Catholic divorce or divorce light, and it's not. No. It has to do, if I understand correctly, with essentially declaring that a marriage really never took place sacramentally. That's So correct. it's kind of going all the way back to the very beginning and saying, uh, false start, it doesn't really count. It's a lot more complicated than that, I understand, and it, of course involves a real marriage from a sociological perspective. People were together, people are hurt, Yes, which is one of the reasons why we brought together the rest of our team here today. With us also is Sandy Posale. Did I say your name correctly? Very good. And Sandy, you are the president of the local beginning experience. experience. And that's both an international group and national group, and here you're the president for the Orange County chapter. Is that right? Correct. That's exactly right. And your primary purpose in life as a mission is to? Keep our chapter running and operating. And well, that's hold, true, too. And, hold, <laughs> and holding our um, biannual retreats. So your focus, then, is to have techniques, retreats, in order to help bring about healing. Yes. The retreat is specifically fashioned to heal the grief or at least put them on the road to recovery for the grief that they have had. Uh, Beginning experience is also available for widowed. 
So it's divorced, separated, and widowed. So those who have had a significant loss in marriage. Yes. And then we come to Kelly Klaus. Did I say your last name correctly? Yes, you did. And Kelly is an LMFT, which is a nice way of saying you do therapy and counseling. And you are the executive director of Catholic Divorce Ministries, and that's a national organization. And your primary mission is? As the executive director to make sure we are known uh, and also uh, function more efficiently and effectively to reach out to help the parishes, the diocese, to reach out to their people who are hurting. So today we have a team put together who can talk a little bit about the nature of divorce, Catholic style, which includes often the annulment process and the recovery that's needed both locally and then the programmatic material that needs to be out there, which, Kelly, you're mostly involved with. What kinds of things does your organization look to do? We train parishes with their priests on how to uh, talk to people who are divorced, how to welcome them back into the community, how to reach out and start support groups. We reach out to individuals and offer uh, weekly, well, we use uh, different programs called Journey of Hope or the Divorce Recovery, uh, Surviving Divorce with the Catholic, and we offer workshops, we offer books, we offer just information in general to in order to get these people back on the road to recovery and know that they are supported by the Catholic Church. So let's talk for a moment about the nature of divorce in Catholicism, in in Catholic faith. Uh, Monsignor, everyone who gets a a divorce as a Catholic, not every one of them is going to go on to even apply for an annulment, are they? That's correct. Why would someone apply for an annulment? Well, for various reasons. Um, I think our experience shows us in our tribunal, a number of them may wait and then find someone else or somebody else finds them and wants to say remarry. And so before one can, you know, one who is held to a bond, you know, prior bond cannot marry again. So uh, the church considers a marriage valid until proven otherwise. So, And that holds true to not only Catholics but non-Catholics as well. That's right. Non-Catholics who attempt to get married are considered married by the Catholic Church, by and large. Well, they're considered to be in a, in a valid marriage, you know, and, and you know, for an unbaptized, I don't, this wouldn't be the forum to go over all the no. different forms, but, you know, there's different ways of, of, of going about it. But in general, when, when a Catholic marries in the Catholic Church, then, you know, an annulment, which means, you know, examining, you know, the marriage from the root, from the, from the time that the consent was given, you know, was there something faulty in that in that consent? Was there something that existed that, you know, prevented that marriage bond from forming? So when we're talking about getting a, an annulment as a Catholic, we're really talking about going back and revisiting some of the most uh, difficult times of someone's life. Yes, yes. So I take it that your office isn't always a, a happy tribunal, a happy office to be in. No, I mean, there there are... Very positives about it, and then there are you know there are difficulties because sometimes you know it is contentious. It's a contentious process where one party, yes, I, I really think this should happen. I really believe this is you know marriage is no for these reasons. We have witnesses who have you know given testimony that would lead us to that same conclusion, 
and then another party, normally the one that did not <laughs> didn't like the idea, the of respondent, divorced. yeah, yeah, you know, maybe on another page, and so yeah, so we have we have the gamut of emotions of you know entering right. into the and enter into the picture on a given case. So some cases are going to be easier than others. I take it if you've got someone coming in who is a Catholic who got married in Las Vegas and didn't uh, do so with the uh, proper permissions of the church, that's a fairly easy annulment to grant because it just simply is a lack of It's a lack of form, right. The form wasn't followed, and so that's done very quickly where... The merits, nothing else is looked into except right. for that first thing. They didn't follow the form. So you're going to be looking for, is there a reason why at the very beginning, an easy reason, so to speak, I hate to call it that, but That's an right. easy reason to say this can't go any further, it wasn't a marriage because we couldn't get past the starting line. That's right. Okay. Yes. But other ones are far more difficult than that. Other ones go into what kinds of things might have stood in the way. That could be crazy. Mm-hmm. That could be um, a, a a nature of abuse that the other side didn't know about or other types of very difficult emotional uh, problems, correct? Yes. I take it you also, though, have people that will come forward and things have gone wrong in the marriage, perhaps adultery, perhaps other issues, but you still might not be able to grant an annulment. Why might that be? Because, uh, as you said at the beginning, we do have to see we have to go back to the time that the consent was exchanged, that the couple, you know, exchanged consent, and was there anything standing in the way then? So infidelity, 20 years in the marriage, there could have been, you, you might be able to go back and find something at the time, you know, 25 years ago when sure. the couple had been dating. However, uh, not necessarily. You so know, th- psychologically you may be able to uncover that this person had a pattern that was hidden from the spouse from the very beginning, Mm-hmm. but predisposed him to do this type of stuff. And perhaps that might have been enough psychologically to stand in the way of one of the two of them anyway, giving informed consent. Right. But not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily yeah. So this could become extremely frustrating and painful for everyone going through. They not only have to relive this past, but they also have to take the possibility that it may come out where... The church says, no, no, that was a valid marriage. It just got messed up. Yes, and just so remembering that marriage, you know, presumes, is presumed valid until proven otherwise. So it's not that the judge says, oh, this is clearly valid. It would be more of we can't prove that it's invalid. Therefore, since, you know, it pres- validity, marriage presumes the, the law presumes validity, we have to presume this valid. Now, let me ask a couple statistics for just a moment. Not that you have to have the real numbers, but roughly, how many annulments get started, meaning that the procedure, of course, mm-hmm. how many procedures get started that actually make it to your office? Because I realize you could have a whole bunch of people that start the paperwork and never decide to actually follow through. So taking those out, just the ones that you see that come past your desk, mm-hmm. what percentage of those are not granted because something... Well, it, it depends on the diocese. It depends on the on the country. I mean, more are are granted than not. Uh, sometimes, okay, so a majority of people that come forward usually, by the time they reach your desk, it's already been partly vetted. It's a priest has usually looked at it, mm-hmm. helped fill out the forms, yes, and knows pretty much already if there might be reasonable grounds before it's going to get to your office. I think that's safe to say, and, and some people, because I know. The parish I live in, I, I started with with certain people, and then even followed up, 
and they're not ready. Or once after that first meeting and they find out, well, I can receive communion just because I'm divorced doesn't mean I'm, I'm precluded from receiving communion. Sometimes when that myth is dispelled, well, I've got no intention of marrying anymore. And then all of a sudden the urgency to get the annulment gets put on the back burner. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't become a granted annulment simply because the, the people no longer are going forward. Mm-hmm. And and they've dispelled some of the myths, such as, as, and I'm glad you brought it up, divorce itself is is not the sin. Sometimes it just happens. Right. It's uh, what we might do afterwards that can become sinful. But if we've not done anything afterwards that's sinful, we're not precluded from communion. We don't have a mortal sin on our on our soul at that point. Right. Okay, we have had a couple of guests that have been waiting very patiently to jump in here, and I wanted to set us up, though. So when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the pain that can be involved, the trauma that can be involved, and how we're moving forward as Catholics in developing new forms of ministry to accomplish that. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Kelly Klaus, who's an LMFT and Executive Director for Catholic uh, Divorce Ministries, and Sandy Posale, who's President of uh, Beginning Experience, and Monsignor Doc Torsik. And uh, we're talking about annulments and divorce as Catholics and its recovery. And we will be right back. Timree from Trending with Timree's here. This week, I have a licensed marriage and family therapist in studio with me, and we're talking about the dissatisfaction that so many people experience within marriage. Maybe you have it yourself, but there are some key ways to work on your marriage. Be a little more self-aware. Make sure to join me for that and more on Trending with Timree this Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific here on Relevant Radio. This is John Romeri, Director of Music at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. We are just months away from the dedication of our beautiful cathedral, but in the meantime, we have some spectacular concerts at Christ Cathedral. Check out our website at ChristCathedralMusic.org or our Facebook page at Christ Cathedral Music. We'd love to see you here. Christ Cathedral Concerts. Great music in a sacred place. For tickets, visit ChristCathedralMusic.org. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and I've got Monsignor here who's laughing at that. Monsignor, do you know something about about uh, our, our our ministry here that I don't know about? Never mind. Don't answer that question. You, you're you're an honest Monsignor, and you are part of our tribunal, which means you have to testify truthfully. Monsignor has been talking to us about annulments and the annulment process, and on the one hand, it sounds like this is a traumatic experience. Is it always? I don't think so. It, it, it's not intended to be. I mean, it, it's intended, as Pope Benedict clearly said, I think back in 2005, he said, it's a search for the truth. So the judge's duty is to search for the truth. You know, what happened during the marriage, what happened before, and can I arrive at, at moral certitude that... This marriage was entered into invalidly. It's, it's it's nothing more. Now I'm talking from a you know a, a juridical canon law point of view, and the ladies I know are talking well, more from a healing point got of view. Is it one that so, has to do with the primary emotions involved? Right. But what you're saying is your job is to try to get to what truthfully happened. Yes. 
And if I understand some of the basics behind therapy, it's also about trying to get to the truth of what happened, sometimes to clear away some of the magnifying glasses on on what might not be entirely true. Is that a, a fair thing to say? Very valid. Uh, as a marriage and family therapist and therapy, the annulment process can be just that. You, you mentioned that it's very painful to go back and, and think about the history and how you got to where you were, but it's also therapeutic. And another benefit of going through that process is to find out where you may have made some bad decisions, where you might have done something different, and therefore stop you from making another another bad decision. It, it helps you not make the same mistake twice. I know that a number of people will say that you need to wait to get married after you have gone through a divorce, but it's not a matter so much of time as it is of the work you put in during the time to find out what went wrong and why, and then not just why, but now how do I do it differently? <laughs> exactly. So whatever you can do, whether it's therapy and you go through the, your church to get that grace that you feel uh, open again to the grace of God so that you can move forward in a new marriage and a new relationship, that gives you that much comfort that you're going in the right direction. So theoretically, an annulment can be a part of the healing process in a, in a significant way. Absolutely. Not only does it give you time for yourself to, usually when people get divorced, their friends are well-meaning, but they want you to get back on that saddle, get out there in the dating world, get over it. And you, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. You step yeah. back, take a look at yourself, take a look at where you've come from, where you want to go, and then take those gifts that the Catholic Church brings you. Because for me, when I went through mine, it actually gave me this weight lifted off my shoulder that the guilt that I was dealing with, with the divorce, that it was no longer there, and I was able to go forward. So you're a living testimony that this is something that you can recover from. Absolutely. How did it work for you? I don't want to go into great details, mm -hmm. but when r roughly how long ago, if I may ask, did oh, this take place? 20 years ago. Okay. At the time, about 20 years ago, was it in this diocese, different diocese? It was in our diocese. How did you first go about starting the annulment process? Well, how did it work for you back then? Well, I was under the impression that I was couldn't take communion because of my divorce. So, so that's a very old exactly. and prevalent uh, misnotion because you can take communion if you are not doing any other sin. Part of the problem comes in where people who are divorced, if they're out in the dating world and things happen, then we have a different issue. But that's a standard issue that all of us have, single or not. So it's not the divorce itself. It's what we do in relation to ourselves and the divorce that can cause sin. Okay, right. so you were under the impression you couldn't take communion. And I wanted to be in good grace. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. So I went to my parish. I started the process, and it actually took me a good two, two and a half years to just process it myself. I took my time. I was in no hurry to date. I had three children I was raising. And for me, it was a healing process. It was I sat with the questions. I, you know, Okay. Really let me let me back up for a moment. So you met with the priest and he's going to give you a form of questions to fill out. 21 questions. 21 back then. Is it 21 now, Father, or I think it's 31? 22. I think it's 22. 22 questions now. <laughs> another one, yes. It's even more in San Bernardino. Oh. <laughs> the Diocese of San Bernardino. <laughs> 20 with, with, you know, six sub-questions in yes, each one. Yes, so, no. yes. Okay, so, okay. Sorry. So this is something when you're – these questions – 
the, the nature of them, I take it, some of them are easy, and, but many of them are not meant to be easy. They're meant to be intrusive. Right. But I, I looked at it as more kind of journaling and really no, I knew no one else was going to see this. Okay. I, I wasn't worried about exposing. I didn't feel exposed in any way. And even the petitioner, I was the petitioner, and my former husband had to be served for the opportunity to uh, submit his questions. So he, this is... He didn't necessarily have to see my answers. But this is a regular legal forum from a from a Catholic perspective. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize this, but, but our law courts actually are far more recent than Catholic law courts are. Our, our Catholic law courts go back thousand, literally over a thousand years and, and far more, and annulment law goes back that long as well. seems that people have been having the same problems for a very long time, uh, my senior. Yeah. So the idea that this this is a very juridic act that you're doing. So it's not just a therapeutic thing. This is also a Catholic version of a legal thing you're doing. Just as we got married in front of the church and got their blessing, I felt this was the blessing that I did everything I possibly could to keep my marriage together, and it wasn't to be. So to me, it was the blessing of the church that I'm now at grace. I now have my grace. I've heard some people say that when they've gone through divorce and they start looking at why did this happen, I did everything I could, I tried to keep it together, and it still wouldn't work. The annulment process allowed them the ability to see there may have been something else involved. It may have been that it wasn't going to work no matter what you did because there was something wrong from the beginning, and that's not your fault. Well, the silly thing is it's the only sacrament where we don't have that control over whether we maintain it or not. We we always have, for all the other sacraments, our own desire to maintain that particular commitment. Marriages, you have somebody else that has control over that. If they don't want to be married to you, you don't have much choice. So once you put the material together, how long did it take to have the process play itself out? Did you have to go through a a full formal case? Yes, I did. And it was very uh, less than a year back in the time once I submitted all the paperwork. I want to say now with our Pope Francis has just opened up doors and changed the whole process to make it so much more easier Time-consuming is is not as as it was back in the day, and uh, even financially and a little different aspect of it. So he has really promoted that to be, bring people back into that grace and to encourage that. I, I know that one of the complaints that I've heard over the decades has been that, that there's it's almost like a pay-to-play attitude by some people toward it, that I can't apply for it because it's $500 to have something done. Or, Monsignor... What are the complaints that you have gotten, and what is the status of that issue today, especially in light of what the Pope has been doing? Yeah, there have been a few people, and so the Diocese of Orange asked for a total of a $700 donation, which I think has been the same for for many years now. So I think there was thought of raising it, and then when the Pope's, the the most appropriate came out saying, you know, it it should be free if possible, then we decided not to raise the as for a contribution, my view is that there are you know significant costs in running the tribunal, and you, you have some volunteers. So the bishop is very kind to to subsidize the office, of course, from you know donations of people like you uh, at the parish. So that there should be some 
you know, to use a colloquialism, I mean, some, some skin in the game, okay. seems to me. So, but that being said, if, if people ask for forgiveness or saying, look, I can pay, yeah, I think I can pay half. Okay. So in the end, you're, you begin and you end as a pastor. <laughs> yeah, of course. There's a pastoral course. component to this, including if you don't have the money, you still can have the grace. Yes, right. Oh, that, that has to be clear. But we do ask people to, to do what they can. And most yeah. people, by the time they get through marriage and divorce, they're usually well-established, paying divorce lawyers. This this is actually about an hour and a half of a divorce lawyer time for most people. So putting it in perspective, mm-hmm. if we're just looking at it from a budgetary perspective, it shouldn't be all that, that big a deal. We still have a couple minutes left in this segment. I want to go back to what happened with you. So, um, Kelly, when you were involved in this and you put your material out there, you said it took about a year. Was there much follow-up? Was there problems in the issue? Were there issues with witnesses? Were there issues with your ex-husband? I didn't have any problem with witnesses. I know some people do if, if they've been married for quite a long time. And my former husband contested it. So he actually put his own questions and didn't want the annulment granted which did not, it added some more time, but it did not stop it from being granted. So let me go back to you then. As a referee here. So she's bringing up an interesting issue. This is not a matter then of what people want so much as one person has to want it enough to start the process. But once the process is underway, as long as at least one of the members wants the process to continue, the process of seeking what truthfully happened will continue. That's fair to say. Now, normally if the petitioner backs out, because sometimes they get too contentious and the petitioner will back out or the petitioner will say, I want to change. Sometimes the petitioner doesn't like the grounds because it's on the petitioner, uh, the grounds for nullity. You were crazy. I'm sorry, but you were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we might find to get you the, you know, the answer in the end that you want, but yeah. it's going to be found. So some will back out, but still the respondent in that case would have the the right to continue the process if, if if he or she wants to. And you're looking for truth, which means if the respondent, as happened in Kelly's case, contests it, says, I don't want an annulment. This is as far as I'm concerned. We were in a valid marriage. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're going to ignore that. You're going to take that into account, right. but you're going to research it to find out, is that really true? That's right. So as she said, the, the contentious ones, it, it is going to take longer because those those people, well, I want to, I'm going to exercise every right. Sure, you may. You may. Yeah, I'm going to wait till the, the the last day of the time limit to get back to the diocese. You're, so you're that, gonna you're gonna get the due process though. Right, oh, right, exactly. Yeah, and that's what people. Well, I don't want this. Okay, we understand that. However, everybody has a right to have the church examine, you know, a marriage that didn't work out, and so we 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 t- accept what you say. However, <laughs> this is still going to go forward with all of your your concerns and. And testimony and witnesses who you might want to offer, you know, in your defense, being considered. So, Kelly, you get the letter in the mail. How did you feel when you opened it up and saw the the final outcome? Well, both sad and and relieved. Um, sad, obviously, because I, you know, was very upset to not have my marriage be successful. But more relief, and like I said before, the weight lifted off my shoulders, that that guilt was not there, that I could walk in with my head held high. It's now something that you do ministry with, Mm -hmm. and it's also something, of course, Sandy, that you do ministry with. Mm -hmm. When we come back, that's where I want to go next, is for us to talk a little bit about for the rest of us who go through this process, what's there for us if we're in need of ministry help. 
You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Monsignor Stephen Doktorczyk, Kelly Klaus, and Sandy Posale. And we're talking about Catholics and divorce, as well as annulment and the healing process of all of that. And we will be right back. The passing of a loved one is a difficult and often sorrowful step in life's journey. The helpful and supportive staff at the Cathedral Memorial Garden Cemetery, located on the 34-acre iconic Christ Cathedral campus, are here to assist you and your family through this transition, offering a central location, serene garden-like grounds, majestic fountains, and a dramatic statuary, all set within the beautiful Christ Cathedral campus. For more information, please visit memorialgardens.christcathedralcalifornia.org or contact 714-489-6102. Hi, this is Rick Howick from Orange County Catholic Radio. It is my privilege and pleasure to come to you each week from beautiful Garden Grove, California at the Christ Cathedral. And I'd also like to extend to you an invitation that if you know of someone who would make a great guest for our show, to drop us an email and we'll try to get your suggested person on the air. That would be at newscalendar at rcbo.org. That's newscalendar at rcbo.org. And we'll catch up to you next time on Orange County Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. Today we're talking with uh, three guests, Monsignor Stephen Dektorczyk, Kelly Klaus, and Sandy Posale. And we're discussing divorce, recovery, and annulments as Catholics. And amongst the people we have here, are all of you are experts in this field for different reasons. And so I want to shift over to you, Sandy. You've been sitting very quietly for the last <laughs> half hour. Uh, although we did start with you. Uh, we were going to start other way, but we, we started with you. There we go. You're president of the local chapter of Beginning Expression? Experience. Beginning Experience. Right. And Beginning Experience does what for those who are suffering through or involved with Catholic divorce? Beginning Experience is a grief support group. It's an international one that was started in 1973 by a nun in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, she was looking to find, she was trying for an engagement encounter format and went to a marriage encounter weekend with her friend, a divorced friend of hers. And during the course of the weekend, the divorced friend, in doing the writings and the responses to the questions, found that it was very healing to her. And so... Sister Josephine formatted this for divorced, anyone who's lost their marriage, whether it's through divorce, separation, or death. So we handle widows, widowers, folks that are divorced, folks that are just separated. But they have one thing in common, and that is the loss of their marriage, regardless of how it happened. And the loss of a marriage is one of the greatest losses that you can encounter, and one of the hardest things to get over both mentally and physically. There are uh, a number of studies that are out that talk about just that, that, you know, it's not just a you plus me. There's a, a, a third entity that takes on a life of its own in a marriage. And when it dies, either, as you said, because someone has actually physically died, and we now have a, a widow widower type situation, or when it dies because the marriage has just, has crumbled, the pain and loss on that 
is is multivalent. It's on multiple levels. Mm. People's identities are caught up in it. Their children are caught up in it. Disappointment, anger, frustration, self-blame, all of that gets caught up in it. How do you ferret that out? What does your weekend do? What's the miracle of what you do? <laughs> well, in the first place, the weekend is not a miracle in and of itself. And, in fact, you don't walk in Friday night and downcast and walk out completely healed and completely happy okay. uh, on Sunday afternoon. So we no. still need to go touch Jesus' garment. Okay. Right. We, we still need to do something on our own. But what it is is a start to the grief process through introspection. It requests and it asks, and I'm not going to say demands, but it requests that folks take part and participate in it themselves to the extent that they're comfortable. Some people are not comfortable writing out their thoughts. Some people are not comfortable sharing their thoughts with a small group. So we have passed, it's a peer ministry. Well, no, that's very, very true, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. My background is an educator for many years, and I was a principal for nine, and I can tell you having looked at many lesson plans, whatever I see, collaborative learning that people are going to share, I've got news for you. If you're over the age of 12, you don't like this. <laughs> and just generally speaking, people are very uncomfortable sharing this stuff. Now you're throwing them in with a whole bunch of strangers, and you're going to say, let's all share. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised at the cooperation that we get. Obviously, there are some folks that just can't force themselves to do it, and they're not comfortable, and we don't force them. Uh, we let them participate however they best they can do so. But we have found, and this is a copyrighted program, so the format of it stays the same for every weekend, uh, everywhere, whether it's here, Hong Kong, Singapore, um, Great Britain, or up in Minnesota. Because you got something that works, you're not going to break you got, it. Okay. That's exactly it. That's exactly right. it. Yes. So we stick with the same format, and it works. And I can honestly say that of all all the weekends that I have worked as a facilitator, because I said it's a peer ministry, so people that are facilitating at the weekends are former participants. They have to have, have had a weekend, and then they go through facilitator training. People walk in on Friday night not knowing what they're getting into, most of them. Downcast, yes, they are very sad. But by Sunday afternoon, they have made lifelong friends and people that they can count on will not look down upon them, will not shake their fingers at them, will not um, cause any kind of criticism. They are because they're peers and they know where they've been. They've walked in those shoes. Therefore, you can go into a completely safe environment. And There's that's a, very important. At the very least, you know that everyone that you're talking to around you, whether it's the facilitators or the your, your colleague learners, they're all in this together. They've all gone through this. They all both can empathize with you, but they also know what it's like to have the questions that you have. So there's a safety in that. At mm -hmm. least you know the other person is is not going to have that judgmental attitude. What are the outcomes for what you've seen so far? Well, I've seen people who have been totally downtrodden by an abusive spouse who have had absolutely no self-esteem and walk in there. And after they have gone through a weekend, they look at things entirely differently. They realize that there is 
a light at the end of the tunnel, that they can get over this grief. They can get themselves out of this deep, deep depression because they go through the stages of grief just like everybody else does, not necessarily in any order, of course, but they then see themselves differently and they may go out and get a brand new job, a job that allows them to make some money because they haven't had any money. You talk about only paying an attorney one hour's fee. Well, I've seen a lot of them that have cost, it's cost a lot more than just one hour's Well, no, fee. no, I'm saying that's yeah. what it costs for, for about senior's yeah. job. The attorney's going to make a lot more than that. No, no, yeah, granted. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> and, and it's taken out of the hide of the people that, yes. that are getting the divorce. But it's just a, it's a miraculous, I call it a mini miracle, to see these people pick themselves up by their bootstraps and, and make something of themselves, make a family again with their children uh, where they don't have to worry about perhaps an abusive spouse or they don't have to worry about money problems because the spouse has gambled it away, gambled their house away. We had one woman who came in whose house was being repossessed the day she came in for the retreat. Better here than there. So it, it, it's just I've seen wonderful stories of people, and I've never seen anyone not benefit from the retreat. Now, this began with a Catholic nun. Is this a Catholic-oriented group still, or is it we, not No, we, uh, we, we offer it to anyone who wants to come. Yes, we close with a Mass. And we do have a reconciliation service. So in that respect, yes, it's Catholic-oriented. So it's, it's integrated with with the Catholic Church. Yes, but we've had many non-Catholics. In fact, our vice president is non-Catholic. Okay. <laughs> so. But everyone that's involved with this, though, has gone through the divorce process or lost a spouse, or they would not be involved at the, in, mm-hmm. in what you're doing. Uh, and many of these are Catholics that are there who have also then gone through the annulment process. Or are attempting to. Normally, they're there maybe a year or so after their divorce, and they haven't, they're thinking about annulment. And so, yes, we send them to the proper authorities to begin the annulment process. So, this weekend that you're talking about, this is often early into the, the wake of a, of a traumatic marriage or the, the wake of a divorce. Not too early. Not too early because people are too raw. I mean, if we we screen them when they when they apply and we will ask them various questions and our screeners are very good at perceiving whether or not somebody's too raw for this, whether they're not ready to to look backwards. And and if that's the case, then we'll say, well, maybe you'd like to try our next weekend because they're twice a year. As Catholics are pretty clear on marriage being a sacrament. Therefore, there's something very substantial about having it declared null. Do you work with, uh, since you work with non-Catholics, do you work with people who haven't had a formal marriage but nevertheless have had a long-term relationship go sour? Do they also participate in this, or is that just not done with you? Haven't had one of those yet. We've had some... No common law type? No, we haven't had any common law um, types. We've had some that they've lost a significant relative, like a mother or brother or sister that they were very close to. And we've had them go through the weekend. And it's been very beneficial for them, too. Okay. Grief is grief. Grief is grief. And we've got a couple minutes left in the segment, and I'd like to ask you, if I were to sign up for that program, what would I expect to to go through? What would I see? 
what would happen? I don't want you to share all your copyright material, but what's the itinerary, the scope and sequence, so to speak? The, the, the format is that we have a large group for the whole group, okay, and we start off with that. We have talks from previous participants who are now facilitators where they write talks about various stages in their life and what they have done, how they have found their way to the weekend. That's one of the, the talks. Uh, then they, then we will give them written questions. We will give them a length of time to fill out the, the written questions, write as much as they want, write from their heart, from their feelings. It's good practice when they, for the annulment questions anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, right. And then um, we well, break into... aside. I mean, it sounds like... No, no, really no, is. you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. It is, it's a journaling process. Yeah. And then they will share, if they wish to share, they will share with a small group of three or four. We break into small groups. And that's the format for each segment of the weekend. Okay. For those people who are in the Diocese of Orange or surrounding dioceses are interested in going through this weekend, mm-hmm. what would they need to do? Do you have contact information you can share with us? Yes. There's a, there's a website, beginningexperience.org. Beginningexperience.org with a www in front if you Correct. are using an ancient program. Okay. And you will see, uh, find a program, and there's Orange County, San Diego County, and L.A. County. Okay. We all, we're three separate units, okay. but we all have weekends. Um, what about the Diocese of San Bernardino? They're also covered in our listening area. But unfortunately, San Bernardino does not have a beginning experience. Are you able, if you were up there, to join yes. one of the other ones? Okay. Yes, and so, we've had people from Chino and, okay. and San Bernardino. Yes, they've come down. So mm-hmm. they contact you through the website? They can, yes. So that website, again, is? Beginningexperience.org. Okay. And, or if they happen to see one of our brochures in their church racks and their pamphlet racks, because we have them in all of the parishes in Orange County, there's contact information on the back as well as an application form. Okay. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today are Kelly Klaus, who is an LMFT and Executive Director for Catholic Divorce Ministries, Sandy Posale, who we've just been talking to in this segment about uh, beginning experience, and beginning experience has to do with these weekends of healing for people that have lost their significant other, either through divorce or through widowhood. Yeah. And then Monsignor Doctorsik, who has been keeping us straight and narrow on uh, what it is to go through the process of not divorce but annulment. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more with you then, Kelly, about what your organization does, because I know we've got some things coming up in October that you want to share with us. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. This is John Romeri, Director of Music at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. We are just months away from the dedication of our beautiful cathedral, but in the meantime, we have some spectacular concerts at Christ Cathedral. Check out our website at ChristCathedralMusic.org or our Facebook page at Christ Cathedral Music. We'd love to see you here. Christ Cathedral Concerts. Great music in a sacred place. For tickets, visit ChristCathedralMusic.org. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. And before I go any further, I want to pause for just a moment and thank all of my guests today. Uh, Kelly Klaus, uh, who's Executive Director for Catholic Divorce Ministries. Uh, Sandy Posale, who's President of uh, Beginning Experience, the, the local branch here in Orange. 
and then Monsignor uh, Stephen Doktorzik, who is the Vicar General and who has taken time today to come and share with us, uh, all of you sharing with us, Catholic experience through divorce, which in- includes the healing process, really, of annulment and therapy and weekends, and we've been talking about all of that. So we've got a lot that I want to thank you for, for bringing forward, before I forget it. So thank you all for coming in today. Kelly, I want to go back to you for just a moment. First of all, you were, thank you so much for being so open about your personal experience. That tells me a little bit about motivation as to why you're concerned about this field. What does your organization do, though, for people who are involved? Because you're a different organization than Sandy's. What do you do? Right. The National Organization uh, for the Separated and Divorced Catholics have been around for about 38 years, and we are reaching out to the parishes to let them know how to help their individual uh, parishioners. So we offer uh, education and, and references and, ref- and re- uh, material. We want them to offer workshops, groups, seminars, anything that we can do, anything that that parish can do, whether it's on a small scale or a large scale. So if your parish has a divorce recovery group or if the pastor is um, so inclined himself or some group within the parish is inclined, they could contact your organization to bounce ideas, to get some thoughts, to get some strategies to to yeah, perhaps we, start working. We have a ways. complete uh, book that you can put into place. A book, I like that, yes. And, and decide what your organization can offer at this particular moment in time because it's a, it's a moving journey. It's not just a one-time deal. And every parish has been affected. Every, all families have been affected. And although uh, through the early 70s it was, uh, you were excommunicated to get a divorce, at this point Pope John Paul said no more. We are one with the communion and we want to keep our family together and you, you mentioned that a lot of times people say it's a broken family, but it's always a family. I want to go back to that comment, uh, Monsignor. In the 1970s, you were excommunicated to get a divorce. Is that uh, true, or is that legend, or what is that? I, I was not aware of that. Okay. I, I, I think that there, John Paul certainly clarified it because yes. he knew that there was a lot of things going on, and perhaps the current code of canon law in 1983 well, made it clear, although everybody doesn't read the code, obviously. If it, <laughs> well, the if 1917 the, code, I don't remember being there either. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think I, my understanding was a, it was a misunderstanding, and it's again, it's a, to, to be clear, if I may, yeah. you know, it's that, the way we are right now. It's a, the you know the remarriage outside of the church afterwards, while the person is still held to that bond. So again, the divorce itself, especially if you've got something where you were the victim in the divorce, or it, no fault of your own, or even if there was fault of your own, we're human beings; we make mistakes. The divorce itself isn't the sin; it is what we do about it that can be the sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go back to yes. to, to this. Yeah. What's affecting the Catholic Church today is the um, uh, the amount of divorces that are occurring, not just in the church but overall. Here in Orange County, 46 divorces are applied for every day. And wow. we're hoping that the majority are obviously, you know, the Catholic numbers are down into the 25%. But still, that means everybody's affected. And in our groups, when we have it in different parishes, we not only get the uh, the couple or the person who was actually probably left, because they're hurting the most, 
but grandparents. We've had people who were in significantly long relationships who were also suffering and, and hurt. And so by bringing them together at the church and showing that there are not only a loving family that are still here waiting for you, but we have tools. And we use the Catholic tools, like the annulment, like the rosary, like reconciliation. All those are tools to help you heal and get through this horrendous time in your life, this horrendous transition. And with our focus on the children, because if we lose the parents and they're in their chaotic um, ways of of what the divorce causes, who's affected the most are the children, and we want to make sure they're whole. What kinds of things does your organization facilitate in parishes to help children? Well, we give the parents tools. We give them words. We give them verbiage. We give them books. We give them support, and we want to help them explain things to children. Divorce is a completely unknown realm in most people's lives. Nobody decides, I'm going to grow up, get married, and die and have a divorce in between there. You know, there's, <laughs> so we prepare for a marriage, and, and that's all great. The whole community is rounding together. And unfortunately, when things happen and you're widowed, <clears throat> the parish knows to gather around and comfort that widow and widower and the family. In a divorce, it's quite the opposite. It's kind of like you know, putting vinegar into oil and everything scatters because it's scary. And people don't know how to react. They don't know how to take sides. They don't know. They don't want it to happen to them. They don't want. Uh, they just don't know how to react and reach out. And that includes our church. Well, and it's complicated because you've got his, you've got hers, and you've got the death of the thing in between, which was the marriage, which is a very real entity. And their future. And their future, future and their kids and everyone up else. In that yeah. marriage. Yeah. Very complicated, which is why I think a lot of people scatter. They don't know what to do about it. It's. It's not too dissimilar on a simpler level of what do you say when you know someone's dying. Well, sometimes it's best to say nothing at all but be present. And sometimes that's all you can do in a divorce situation as well. But what happens so often is that they're not even present. As you said, they scatter. Well, they're they're embarrassed. The shame is horrendous. And that's the first thing that happens. I can't even show myself at, at church. It's the scarlet D. Exactly. Yeah. And so you don't want to sit by yourself. That looks, you know, you feel odd, even though nobody's probably even looking at you. You feel odd that you're sitting there by yourself where you used to have a couple or a family. Sure. You may not have your children I want to go to a different, a, a different uh, parish or a different mass anyway. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't want to sit in the same pew I used to sit in, or people are going to ask uncomfortable questions. Right. So when they come and a, and a parish is now, a healing mass is different than the healing masses that are performed for illness and and a general healing mass, which most parishes have. And people come in and, and get that blessing. We have done specifically where we invite the divorced and separated because they need to be invited. Now, it just so happens mm-hmm. <laughs> that we've got some things that are happening in the Diocese of Orange coming up, not not immediately, but soon. Tell right. us a little bit about well, what's going on with you. we have different parishes that are doing groups now where they offer a 14-week, uh, different topics, and they get to gather and gather and 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 do peer-to-peer support. Bishop Van has been very supportive. He is our liaison for the divorced Catholic Divorce Ministry. And so he has opened up, and this is unprecedented across the nation, that a diocese is now going to say, we're here to support you. And we are offering a group that's going to start not only a mass on October 1st, but then a six-week group uh, from October 8th through November where we're going to hit on those topics. Now, where's this Mass 
going to be? Because we don't need to know all the details because it's October 1st. Right. But is that going to be... It's going to be here on here campus. on campus. Yes. Okay, so that will likely be either at the big cathedral, because it's going to be open by then, or it'll be somewhere else, but it'll be here on campus. Correct, right. Beautiful campus here. Right, and the, group, and the groups itself will be here and uh, on the on, on the, the campus diocese. as well. That's yes. after the mass. Or well, the mass the will mass? be on October first, okay. and then starting October eighth, every Tuesday night, we're going to gather as a group and go over a different topic. One will be your anger. One will be supporting your children. One will be uh, the gifts of the Catholic Church and how you can use those. Uh, how to move on. You know how to take care of yourself. How to just get back living and start that dream again in a different light, in oh. a different way. Wow. This has been a very informative hour, and I want to thank all of you again for coming in to talk about such a very delicate but important topic, which touches all of us. So, again, thank you so much, Kelly Klaus, for coming in, Sandy Posale. And then, Monsignor, thank you very much for coming in. You sometimes have the short end of the stick because all you can do is tell us what we can and cannot do. (laughs) You're the referee. But you're also our pastor, and I want to thank you for bringing that into play as well. We have a lot of hurt people who are out there. I am sure that some of the people that are listening to this are either hurting themselves or people who want to hear the podcast. Mm-hmm. They can go off to that podcast. Let me say that now. If you do want to hear this again, you can go to OCCatholic.com. And at OCCatholic.com, you can go to the radio section and click on this, and you can hear the whole hour. Um, and then you can forward that to someone else. So there are going to be people that are listening to this who are in need of prayer. Father, would you please both lead us in prayer and a blessing for all of our sure. listening audience? Sure, thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we are grateful for this time we have spent together and for the, these ladies who, on their own initiatives, have gotten uh, very involved and always for the intent of of healing and being able to to move forward. And Lord, as you did much healing uh, during your years on earth, we know that that healing you wanted to continue by us participating, by us cooperating and always being open to your grace, always being open to the Holy Spirit. And we pray for all those who are suffering for, for various reasons, and especially those who are suffering from the the effects of, of divorce, whether it be children, uh, the, the spouses, the in-laws, the, the, the friends, uh, anyone who might be affected, we pray for for your healing touch and that they may desire healing, that everybody may desire to become whole because we know that everything and all things are possible for you. And we also pray for those Couples who might be struggling with marriage, that you may help them and, and put good people in their lives, good listening people um, who, who might be able to help them to um, avoid this. And again, it, we realize it's always asking for your grace and then cooperating with it. And again, we ask you to bless everyone, all the listeners, whether they're listening at this time, it's being published for the first time or on podcast, uh, that they may always... Uh, know your will and, and put it into their lives. All this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with, with your, your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And you have been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today 
have been Kelly Klaus, the Executive Director for Catholic Divorce Ministries, uh, Sandy Posale, who is the President of Beginning Experience here in Orange County, and Monsignor Stephen Dukhtorsik, who is the Vicar General and Moderator of the Curia, and who has been keeping us straight and narrow on what it is to go through Catholic annulment. And we will see you again next week.